As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, my friends. I'm Eric Olson. It's time once again for America's Most Haunted Radio, and boy, how exciting is this? We are finally into the haunting month. We're in October, and of course, as far as we're concerned, it's Halloween all October long. So happy Halloween, Teresa. Happy Halloween to you, too. It's my favorite time of year, and I am very excited to be in October. I know you're busy. We talked about that last week. That was kind of fun, talking about all the stuff we got going on. We're busy all the way through the end of November. <laughs> we we extend our, our season all the way up until Christmas. So, yeah, Haunted Housewives, very busy, very busy. Good you're time. like Disneyland, yep. blending your holidays. Absolutely. Stretching it out as much as I can. All right. Well, we are starting October off exceptionally well because we have with us Josh Berkeley, executive producer of the Unexplained Files on the Science Channel. We've been we've been rocking the Science Channel lately. We had Oddity San Francisco. We had the super cool women on. That was amazing. And now we get to talk to Josh from the Unexplained Files, which if you haven't been watching, and indeed you're foolish, but I will tell you, you can get caught up, believe it or not. But the season finale will be on tomorrow night, Wednesday, October 2nd at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. Then after that, on Sunday, October 6th, you can see the whole season once again. There will be an Unexplained Files marathon beginning at 5 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on Sunday, October 6th. So, gosh, I have really learned a lot watching this show. You know, after a while, you kind of get to the point where, all right, you categorize it. Yeah, okay, oh, it's a paranormal show. All right, so they're going to cover, you know, all the usual stuff. But no, the Unexplained Files has covered things that I barely knew anything about at all. Welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you very much for having me, and, and uh, thank you for appreciating the diversity of, this, of the series. 
It's amazing. I've, I've I've loved it actually. I you know what I ha- the only thing I haven't seen yet, and it's of course on the DVR, but we had to stop halfway through the show. I haven't seen the one about the the, the Codex, the book. What's that called? Oh, what's, what's the yeah, the, the Voynich manuscript. Yeah, what's that one about? What happened with that one? You know, this is a really interesting story. Um, basically, it, you know, it was an ancient manuscript that was found in, in the early part of the century by a book collector uh, when he was in Italy. And um, w- when he started looking through it, he actually bought it from um, an order of um, Catholic priests, um, the Jesuits. And when he started reading through it, it was written in, in an undecipherable code, um, there were star maps and plant drawings and, and worlds and universes. And, and, it, and literally, I mean, they brought this thing to the greatest code breakers in, in Europe, uh, in, in England. Our CIA looked at it. Nobody could decipher the code. Um, so it's, it's surrounded in a lot of mystery. It, it's, it's got, um, you know, diagrams from space of our solar system, um, but with different planetary makeup, um, it's got strange animals. It's it's just a really weird document. Um, and and as I say, you know, there, there's been a lot of theories about uh, you know what's contained in it. But to this date, no one has actually been able to decipher the coding. Um, it's very much like you know J.R. Tolkien, Lord of the Rings. It's it's like an elfish language that that has has everybody stumped. It's, it's fascinating. Have they figured out what era it's from? You know, they did. We carbon dated it back to the 1400s. Um, so we know that it was it was written quite a long time ago. And, and there's some theories about was it, you know, medieval alchemy? Was it a hoax? Um, but, but to date, you know, we still have not been able to determine exactly what, what's kept in, in, that, uh, in the manuscript. So, again, it's, it's the perfect sort of story for this series, um, which really looks at a broad range of phenomena strange disappearances, uh, weird encounters, um, government conspiracies. Um, and, and every story has some really great science, um, some wonderful and compelling eyewitness testimony and artifacts. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, the, 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 um, they sort of remain inconclusively uh, pinned, if, if you know what I mean. Unexplained, as it were. As, yes. <laughs> well, okay. How did you? Because it is a really interesting and and eclectic and and um, a cross section of stories that I haven't seen before. I haven't seen a show that really kind of covered this whole spectrum. Everything from UFOs to the to the manuscript, which I have read about, by the way. But um, I, it'll be great to actually see it, you know, on video. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, and and uh, tomorrow night's show, we have, uh, let's see here, we have the disappearance, of, is, it, is he a Colombian? Yes, a Colombian pilot. Um, Actually, that, a Mexican, a Mexican, Mexican pilot. Mexican, I don't know where I saw yeah, Carlos de los Santos, which had a, he had a very unique UFO encounter. Um, and then the second story in the hour is about spontaneous human combustion. Oh. Which is crazy. Teresa, rather than make you wait as long as I usually do, why don't you hop in now? That, you know, I, Josh, i got to tell you, there, I'm, a, I'm a paranormal investigator. I mean, I've dedicated my life to the study of all things weird, but there are two things in this world that scare the bejesus out of me. One is sinkholes, and one <laughs> is 
spontaneous human combustion because, I don't know, that gets under my skin. That, that's the stuff that keeps me up at night that I have nightmares about. And I, I watched the reenactment that, uh, of, of, I watched it over again to prepare for tonight's episode. I saw the, the program, but I watched the, the guy on fire, and, and it, it freaked me out. Frank Baker, um, when he talks about bursting into flames, it yeah. freaked me out. I, 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 yeah. I, that's, that's the kind of thing that goes to me. I can't I, I handle on that. UFOs, I can kind of grasp that. But spontaneous human combustion, no rhyme or reason for that. It, where it really is. Oh. I know, Teresa, it's, it's fascinating. And, and, you know, there's been over 200 uh, documented cases. And, of course, throughout history, you know, the, the, the investigators and the coroners are, are always reluctant to sort of name that as the cause of death. Um, and it's only recently there was a case in Ireland a few years back, um, which we believe was the first where it officially was put in the records as a spontaneous human combustion um, death. And, and, and the way, I mean, the deaths are just horrific. And I remember seeing as when I was uh, younger, I, I don't know if I was a, a, an older child, a young teenager, but I remember um, seeing in a textbook like a picture, and it, would, and it was a black and white photograph, and it looked like it was from maybe the 60s, maybe the early 70s, maybe even earlier, I don't recall. But, and it shows a, a bed that obviously was burned, but you can see the remains of a human foot still like with a shoe or a sock on, and I never got that image out of my head. It's like I man, I got that one too. That that's, you that's remember a that? classic. Oh yeah, it was in every book. You know, I used to go to the library. Same age you're talking about when I was, mm-hmm. you know, a tween or or early teen, and I used to go to the the library, and I always would get the books that you know covered all this unexplained stuff. Uh, not exactly ghosts. Um, I, I kind of. I don't know if I was avoiding that, but it was, you know, it was these mysteries. It was unsolved mysteries. It was the Shroud of Turin. But, yeah, I, me too, as far as, you know, it, it's such a elemental kind of thing. I mean, it's your body. Everyone has a body. You you more or less know your body. Obviously, we don't really know what's going on inside of our own bodies other than in general terms. But we feel anyway that we know ourselves and that we're comfortable with ourselves. And we also think, I think, that we have a sense of of what fire is and what causes fire and the things that can cause fire. And once in a while something happens that, that really catches us off guard in terms of, of fire. You know, I don't think we necessarily know all the chemical reactions and whatnot. But, uh, you know, it's just the fact or or the notion that a human being can suddenly just burst into flame is so contrary, you know, to what we think bodies do. And and we're to, we're told from when we're tiny, tiny, tiny that the human body is is what 90, I forget, is it 91 in the low 90s percent water. So how right, could that right. burn, you know? Right. Uh right. so I know you can't give away too much, but maybe if you could kind of give us a sense yeah. of what the options are. I mean, what sure, could it sure. Be? You know, and, and part of what we do in the series is, is, you know, we try and look at all of these phenomenon and we try and take an investigative approach. You know, we, we want to tell these kinds of stories differently than sort of the traditional, you know, interview ghost story and just dramatic recreation. Um, 
So in this one in particular, you know, we worked with a couple of, of doctors that have different theories on it. Um, and, you know, one, the, the most sort of basically accepted is, is the wick effect. Um, and I'll oversimplify it to, to not give it all away, but it's basically the human body acts as a candle. You know, your fat deposits are are the the, the wax. Um, there is a a wick which would be clothing of some sort, and then it needs some sort of external combustion. So that's one theory. Uh, another cutting edge theory is actually about acetone. Um, which is a chemical that we all have in our bodies genetically, um, and it's sort of similar to what's in fingernail polish. Um, but there's a theory that people with elevated levels of acetone actually are emitting um, transparent vapors. Um, and so these vapors are which spark. And if, and if you think about rubbing a sweater together and, and you can create a static um, spark just through the rubbing of cloth or a balloon. Um, so the theory there is there's some natural spark that happens within your clothing, as small and, and unperceptible to the eye. It catches this small gas on fire, which then, because your body is producing more acetone, you then become emulated. Holy cow. That really is creepy. That's, and I think that's the, the scarier one for me, quite honestly, because that says anybody could be walking around in this medical condition, like Frank, and, you know, moments away from, you know, rubbing a woolly sweater on something and catching on fire. I think that's the one, to me, is, is the most horrifying. I just think you're not even in your own home. You, you're, you're just sitting there, and you could just burst into flames. And that was the picture that I saw, that black and white picture that Eric and I referred to, that's what, me as a young person, that's what was going through my head, that I, I was thinking, well, ghosts, you know, if you don't go into a haunted house or a creepy cemetery, then you're safe. UFOs, if you don't go out looking for them, you know, you're safe, although now they say that, you know, UFOs can take you from wherever. But at the time, I didn't know mm -hmm. that. To, to think that I could be sitting at home and either just explode, catch on fire, terrified me. And like sinkholes, as I mentioned, I, I do understand that there is a, a scientific and a physical reason for that happening, but it, it doesn't make it any less terrifying for me. Um, it, it's almost like science could not come up with an explanation that would satisfy me, no matter what they said. Even if they said it was the combination of this material, this temperature in the house, no matter what they said, it wouldn't calm my fears. It would still terrify me. Um, so that was that. So far, is probably the one that gets under my skin more than anything else. And, well, and, and you know, Teresa, actually, you raise a great point. And and with a lot of these stories, um, that sort of is our gateway to be able to bring in some of the more um, you know outside the, the the normal realm of thinking. I mean, we exhaust all the possibilities through scientific analysis, and still those answers aren't quite good enough. Um, which means you have to entertain that there could be something else going on here uh, which we cannot explain. And, and I think that's the, the interesting thing about this series and this take on this kind of paranormal and, and, um, and, and this, this material is that you, you really do go through an investigation. You, you hear very credible people giving, you know, very real possible answers, which each one is not quite conclusive. And I think that does allow your brain to say, 
well, you know, if science has looked at this and can't explain it, then maybe there is something that's a little more odd, a little more um, scary, a little more unknown. Um, and that's why, you know, most of these stories hold up really, really well. I think, I think that, so, too. I, I, the, yeah, I think you know, the production values are, are really great, and you the, the, the um, even just down to the narrator is, is very uh, easy to listen to and very believable. And and it does feel like a science channel show. You know, it, it doesn't feel like something um that is is just taking a passing glance at the science of it. Uh, you know, I, I have the sense that a that a a real underlying true motivation, you know, beyond each of these uh or behind I should say each of these segments, each of these stories, is to find a scientific natural explanation if in fact there is one, and some of these that I've heard about before, um, you know, I, I I didn't know everything that you presented, and so you know, to be surprised a little bit and given a little bit of a different perspective, um, and, and I think in each case where it's been a little different, it's been deeper, it's been a you know a better, deeper, more thorough, more granular uh, investigation of it is is uh, fantastic. Teresa, I cut you off. What were you going to say? I'm sorry, I was just going to say, Josh, that the one thing I really like about the unexplained files and what sets it apart, I think, from a lot of the other paranormal shows that tackle these topics is, A, the fact that it is on the Science Channel uh, because I think that uh, part of the problem that we have in our culture today is we believe that we know everything. Uh, we believe that if science doesn't have an answer, we cannot prove something scientifically. If we don't know definitively that something exists, we absolutely have closed our minds to other possibilities, which is almost the opposite, I think, of what the, the scientific method should be. It should be you know, trying theories and seeing if this works and being open to the possibilities. I think we're actually going back instead of moving forward in science by not opening ourselves up to other possibilities. And having a show like this on the Science Channel, I think, is a huge move. And like you said, you're, the, the episodes go through scientific research and investigation, and they tackle things from, from a very scientific point of view, not like a, a boo scary kind of paranormal point of view, um, which makes it that more credible and actually that much more scary. I think exactly. the reality of it is much more frightening, and I love the fact that the Science Channel is behind this. And I was wondering how you got involved. I've seen, you know, your 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 resume of the different shows you've done. I mean, this has got to be quite different from Dirty Jobs and Pumpkin Chunkin and some of the other shows you did. Is is this something that you brought to Science Channel, or is, did they approach you about this? How did you get involved in a, in a paranormal show like this? You know, actually, from the very early stages of development, um, when when I heard the the idea of being kicked around between Debbie Myers, our, our general manager, and the development team, um, it really piqued my interest. And, and for a lot of the same reasons that, that you just mentioned, um, you know, it, I've always been fascinated by it. Um, I've always felt like it's, it's an area and a genre that the network can, can play in as long as we do it in the right way. Um, and so, I, you know, I threw my hat in the ring very early and, and said, you know, I want to work on this project and I want to develop it and I, and I want to help you guys come up with a with a strategy that, that works within our filter. 
Um, and so I think that, that through, you know, a, a lot of hard work, and we had a great production partner with um, Raw TV out of London, um, that we, you know, we found a, a good middle ground of, of where we could tackle these kind of stories, uh, but really run it through the Science Channel filter and, and make it work for, for our audience and, and for their level of, of sophistication and education um, and skepticism. Um, but you know, you know, back to your earlier point. You know, even Stephen Hawking, you know, has gone on record and says that you know he believes there is a possibility of of life out in the cosmos. So I, I totally agree with you that I think science is is warming up to um, the potential of of some of these phenomenon having having other sources and and needing to take another look at them. I think I'll tell you right. the one. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> We're. We're always jumping in because, man, silence is not golden. <laughs> we're all we're always hopping in that 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 pause. Um, what I was gonna say is, of, I'm I'm just looking over the um, the episode descriptions, and uh, I think the one that opened my eyes. This, I, I've been very very perplexed by the whole livestock mutilation thing, and. Yeah. Uh, I I kind of has, have assumed all along that it, that it was essentially anyway or you know almost totally simply misidentification with with uh, natural uh you know with predators and then uh, just the way that bodies become exposed to the elements in in various ways and so on and so forth uh, I, I've never it's never made a whole lot of sense to me that there was a, a, a paranormal element to it other than the standpoint that wow, it sure seems like there's a lot of these and why do they kinda tend to happen it seems like in similar areas. Anyway, I, I had just I just had no opinion on it. I had no real handle on on you know what are these things what causes these things are they anything other than sensationalism and what you guys didn't literally conclude because like you say you kind of leave things you present the various options and then kind of leave it for the viewer to uh figure it out for him or herself at least kind of weigh the possibilities but that one i mean it really does make sense if it is some sort of clandestine Government essentially, uh, you know, you know, like black ops, <laughs> FDA <laughs> checking, uh, you know, the condition of our livestock vis-a-vis, you know, mad cow disease and whatnot. That finally, I heard something as far-fetched as it may be that at least makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you know, this was one that that again, I, I just think is so fascinating and. And you know we could we could do multiple hours I think on this subject alone. Um, but you know I totally agree with you. When you when you get into it and you look at it for face value and you think, oh you know it must be predators or it must be um, you know box flies or there must be some answer in the natural world. Um, and then you start talking to the people who've experienced it, and and you know these are lifelong ranchers and and folks that that know their animals and and know their community and they know the kind of predators in those areas. Um, and when categorically they say, you know, we've we've had animals that have gone down and and been picked apart by predators, and these don't match anything we have ever seen. The, the surgical 
way at which incisions are made, the kinds of areas that are that are extracted, the organs that are taken. Um, it's it's something that that these folks just have never ever seen in any sort of natural setting. Um, and then you know there, there's other you know information about you know how some of these animals, the bone structures. You know these are massively large animals that uh, many of them show broken back and, and like major internal um, bone structure issues um, when they're uh, gone through autopsy. And so you know people have theorized that they're actually picked up and moved, that where they're taken and where they're deposited are two different places um, because of the kind of impact injuries that they have. And, and many of them, there's a, a small sort of crater indentation underneath um, the body. So, you know, we've even heard stories as we were researching that, that out of Australia they say that they found livestock, you know, that have been mutilated like this but hanging from trees. Holy cow. It, it, it just, you know, it's it's too bizarre. It's just too bizarre. And then, you know, again, sightings of, of black ops helicopters and, and other sightings, you know, while, you know, very close to the time period at which these animals are being identified of, you know, other strange phenomenon, lights in the skies and other things like that. It just makes you question. It just really makes you question what, what you believe and, and what you think is true. Um, and, um, and, and again, you know, you go into the mad cow and the government conspiracy, there's so many potentials that don't quite make complete sense but can't be ignored. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, it does sound like one element of this is, I mean, it at least sounds likely, um, or not unlikely, that these... Uh, like you say, for the most part, very large, if you're talking about cattle, uh, are, are being picked up and then essentially just dropped. So, mm-hmm. I mean, is that part of it? Does that part of it seem convincing to you that that's what's happening? You know, again, from the, the testimony of, of the ranchers, that would seem to be consistent. Yeah, and I think then that 
plays into the two potential theories, either um, some sort of a, of a government black ops monitoring um, program or potentially some sort of a paranormal um, you know, UFO involvement. But yeah, I think the, the ability to lift a, a 3,000 pound animal, um, eviscerate it and then move it somewhere else, drain it of its blood, et cetera, um, it is, 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 is quite, quite out of the, the realm of, of, of sort of logical thinking. It really is so weird. It's such a violation to poor Bossy, you know. I mean, my God, our, our poor docile friends, you know, being being beamed up or however they're being sucked up into some sort of flying vehicle and then and then hacked apart with surgical precision and various bizarre parts removed and then just tossed out. Oh, there she goes. There goes another one. You think you would hear them landing? They would be so loud. But there's a lot of there's a lot of territory out there. That's right. I don't think it's happening right by the farmhouse or the ranch house. I guess typically, for the most part. Fascinating. Uh, well, Ter- Teresa started um, discussion in that direction. Um, how did you, in fact, select the stories that you did, given the Dozens, hundreds, I suppose, thousands even uh, of potential stories. How did you arrive at this? You know, again, it's really kind of a eccentric and and very eclectic. I mean, it's certainly not strictly paranormal. In, in other words, you didn't take the easy way out. You did. You didn't do the super obvious stuff for the most part. Yeah, no, that's that's correct. I mean. I think what we wanted to prove out um, in, in the first season, and you know, fingers crossed that we'll we'll do more of these. Uh-huh. I think what we wanted what we wanted to really be able to do was was find you know where 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 are the edges? You know, how far could we push? Could we go into medical anomalies? Um, you know, would classic ghost stories like the Mothman hold up? Um, and and really, every story had to have um, some form of uh, new information had to have um, it had to be even if the event took place in history, we had to have new information, new witnesses, new testimony. Um, we needed to make it feel current, um, and we had to be able to look at all of these um, experiences from multiple angles. Um, if we just were relying on one person 's eyewitness testimony, you know that 's just going to fall flat you know there's there 's very little that we can do to meet the, the standards of the science channel in terms of, of cross-examination. Um, so really every one of the stories had to have, um, had to meet all that criteria. And then when we started looking at the mix, um, we, want, we were very careful. We didn't want it to be too heavily paranormal. We didn't want it to be, um, you know, too heavy mythology. Um, and so it was really a calculated balance of stories um, to try and touch in all the areas we thought that this series could cover, um, and then see basically what our audience thought and and um, and which ones resonate, and uh, we'll take that information and, and refine our approach and, and hopefully get to do some more of these. What kind of approaches uh, or responses are you getting? You know, overwhelmingly positive. You know, surprisingly, we we have a very um, you know, educated and and thoughtful and and skeptical audience, um, and and quite honestly, the show has been rating extremely well for us. 
Um, and the feedback through social media has been positive. I mean, the greatest thing about this series is, you know, we're asking a lot of questions. Um, we have some answers, um, but at the end, we almost, you know, every answer raises a new question. Um, and that, again, fits, you know, very tightly with, with, with what the Science Channel delivers. So um, we, we found very, very positive feedback so far. Uh, now, Josh, I have a, um, I, I, I have something to add to that. Uh, I, again, back to this being on the Science Channel, and you said it, it's been it's been well received. The ratings are well. Um, I am a huge watcher of all things in the paranormal realm. I watch all the shows, even if I don't care for them, I watch them and and I see them. But I think that your target audience is just a little bit different than what maybe the Sci-Fi Channel. Is I think that again you're you're going for maybe not people who just accept all things paranormal or all things unusual or strange. They just it's a given for them for the most part. But because your audience is and I don't want to say smarter because that implies that people who watch the Sci-Fi Channel are not smart. But it's just a little bit different of an audience. Maybe more skeptical people in the audience yeah. and the yeah. show. And I've and again I've watched it. And even I've watched it with my children. And my children, I just see their eyes get big, and they're like, "Mom, what is?" This? And and I think it's just done really well because it'll hold the attention without dumbing it down. It's not dumbing down the subject, which sometimes these other shows do. The other episode that kind of oh, this is a pun. It got under my skin. More uh, <laughs> more Dellen's disease. Yeah. All the things to investigate, to be able to pull something out of someone's skin and stick it under a microscope and be able to actually get it and investigate it and still have no answers for it, that kind of knocks us down a peg scientifically, like, hmm, we've got a piece of evidence here and we still can't figure it out. That, to me, is, is fascinating. Did you get to meet any of these people that uh, were were talked about that were examined in the show in the episode? Did you personally get to speak with any of these by any chance? And, and did they come across as credible, or were they just kind of messed up? Or I, I think it would be fascinating to find somebody and then talk to them about this situation. Yeah, you know, unfortunately for Magellan's, I was not on that shoot in particular. Um, you know, but I totally agree with you. I think that was a story that, you know, it's it's a three-story episode. Um, again, I felt like that one, you know, in a perfect world, we could have, you know, probably doubled the length and, and dove in even deeper on that one. Um, you know, this is a strange one because, yeah, a, a lot of the sufferers, um, you know, there there is some issues with, with mental stability for a lot of these folks. Um and and we you know were very cognizant about that and wanted to make sure that anyone that participated um again you know was stable um and healthy um you know one of the women that participated is a registered nurse she works in the medical field um and suffers from these lesions um i think you know the the interesting interesting thing about this one is you know with the cdc not recognizing it as an official disease that was sort of our gateway in, where we said, okay, you know, you know, sort of the, the the medical establishment does not recognize this as a as a true disease. Um, but yet, when we started interviewing these folks, and and they were literally talking about, you know, their lesions and 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 the physical evidence of these threads and fibers, you know, we just thought, well, that's just too hard to ignore. 
I mean, there's there's no way that, you know, we can actually take a sample and look at it under a microscope. And, and then, again, that's one of the, the filters that, that made this story fit for us. Um, I wish we could have continued on deeper and deeper and continued on with the research. Um, but at the end of the day, when those fibers don't match anything in the forensic database and don't match anything, you know, any known organic compound, you've got a great mystery on your hands. And, and unfortunately, you know, there's 10,000, over 10,000 people that suffer from this disease, which isn't technically an official disease. Um, I, I think it's fascinating, fascinating. Yeah, how can, I mean, it, it's how can, how can it be ignored? I mean, I think that that's overwhelming evidence of, of, of that we don't know everything. We don't have all the answers. Oh, that one is just oh, I God, I just I love it. It's it's so easy, honestly. It's so easy to dismiss a ghost story. It's so easy to dismiss um, a haunting because you know people can say it's your imagination, you're you're sleepwalking, you're daydreaming. It's I mean there are a million ways to dismiss a ghost, but how do you dismiss pulling something out of your body? And yeah, that's yeah. why. I, this aspect of the paranormal, and it's not something that I'm I'm well versed in. I am I am a ghost girl. That's that's what I do. That's what I study. But I am I'm open to uh, to a lot of possibilities, and I'm fascinated by all of it. And that was another one that really just it, it I, that one gets me. That that one gets me, and I love it. And and I I've, I've heard stories from years ago of. Uh, UFO abductees saying that there were little, like, metal bits that were taken out of their skin, but this kind of takes it even further than that. And I, I'm just I'm just wondering, how does science even account for that? What what explanation do they give? Do they give anything, or do they just go, oh, we don't know, and move on? It's got to call for study and, and continued research in this area. Yeah, I mean, my theory is if we tackle the story two years from now, it, it might have a conclusive answer. Because <laughs> um, yeah, there's some great scientists that are that are working hard on this. Um, again, you know, within the community, if you extrapolate out that these substances don't match any um, known fibers, uh, man-made fibers, and they don't match any known organic fibers, um, you know, the extrapolation out from that, from a theoretical perspective is, well, if, if they're not earthbound, then maybe what's manifesting in these folks has come in from, from outer space. Basically, the concept being, um, and we have another story in the series, um, a bizarre story in Sri Lanka about red rain, where for 60 days it, it rained blood red. Um, but the theory is that potentially, you know, we have meteorites that hit the Earth quite frequently, every day around the Earth. And they're starting to extract um, remnants of, you know, microbial, bacterial, tiny, small, you know, fragments of, of life that could have existed and would have existed out in the cosmos. So, again, <clears throat> taking this, this series and, and looking at it scientifically and, and checking the boxes of, you know, could it be organic and could it be man-made? And when those don't hold up to anything we know in any of our, our databases, you start to wonder, well, what could be triggering this? What sort of foreign substance could be or what bacteria could be responsible for this? Something that we're not aware of or something that came from, from somewhere else? Um, and again, I think that's why this is incredibly scary, uh, but it's also intriguing. It's got great science. And at the end of the day, you know, there's, there's more research that needs to be done 
but the fact is these folks are living every day with these sores and lesions and pulling thread-like fibers, you know, out of these, these wounds, and, and they're just searching for answers. Well, in two years when you're on to your third or fourth season, you can come back <laughs> right. for us. I hope so. That is, ugh, that's weird. You know, if you just look at a, if you look at the... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. List of the shows and the topics of, of what is broadly construed as paranormal. It would seem to me you guys have leaned most heavily toward UFOs. What are your personal thoughts on UFOs? You know, when I started the series, you know, I, I was I'm very skeptical as as a as a person. I I I, um, I came into this, you know, thinking, you know, if, if I can be convinced that this is a story worthy of the series and worthy of examining, um, then I I think that that, that bar is set pretty high because I, I began the series as, as as truly not a believer and very skeptical. Um, and you know I've worked on this now for ten months, um, and I and I have to say you know when people in the office would come by and say so what do you think it is you know you know well, you know what's the answer um, I, you know I honestly have to say it has changed my thinking um, I I can't say I believe there's UFOs in the classic sense of of green men and Martians and and that kind of kind of thing, but but I do firmly believe that there is something else out there. I don't know what it is. I, I can't put a name to it or label to it. Um, but, you know, we have one story that happened in, in Argentina where 30 individual witnesses all saw the same lights in the sky at the same time. You know, journalists, engineers, pilots, police officers, they, they all saw, they all described the exact same phenomena. And within minutes, the power to the whole town was cut off. And you just kind of sit back and you say, you know, one person saw it, okay, you know, maybe I can discount that. Two, three people, maybe they got together and came up with a great story. When you get 30 people who have a mass sighting and then there's a sort of physical evidence of 
some sort of an anomaly. Um, I, I think it's too hard to ignore. I think it's too hard to ignore. I don't know exactly what that was, that cigar-shaped lighted object in the sky that passed over that village. Um, but I do have to say I believe that, 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 that you can't just discount and say UFOs don't exist. Right. Well, from a tautological point of view, all UFO actually means is you know, unidentified flying objects. So surely there that are is, many UFOs out there. Uh, uh, that is right. I'm with you. You know, I'm, I'm just about exactly where you are on UFOs. I'm I'm skeptical. I've always been skeptical, kind of more so than some of these other areas. Uh, through working on this book, we. Teresa and I just finished, literally a week ago tonight, and turned in the manuscript for our America's Most Haunted book. And we take a look. Congratulations. Thank you. It's very, very exciting. And uh, we want to do a TV show, by the way. So uh, uh, We'll be calling you, Josh. we, We may, although I don't know if Science Channel is the right place. But anyway, we picked the 10 most haunted public or semi public locations in the country. And we did a lot of research just beyond the sort of uh typical surface internet kind of stuff. Uh we we do retell certainly the legends and the stories and the myths and who these ghosts are supposed to be and what what the actual history is and so on and so forth. But having worked on that now for uh, a year or so, um not straight through, but uh, been working on it for a year, and 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 thinking as we go because I you know if I'm working on something I'm thinking about it I, I can't help that I'm pondering uh, all this information and and this um, all these stories and all these people's uh, you know what seem to be corroborating things so I, I pretty much have come to the conclusion that uh, there is something that we call related to what we call ghosts. There's just there's just so much astonishing volume of evidence and such an incredible variety uh of people who have had these experiences and and these very 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 similar experiences. And I have researched all the explanations. I I I'm fascinated with the skeptics point of view on all these things. But uh, and I think a lot of it can be uh, explained away with various, uh, you know, natural through various natural methods. Most of which is just you know the human brain is a is a weird, freaky, certainly not anywhere close to being completely understood phenomena, and and it can do lots of things, including playing tricks on itself. But I still think there's something going on. UFOs, I, I, I'm, are, I'm to the left of, I suppose, whereas I'm not nearly as convinced. But there are some of these tales, some of these stories, where the evidence just seems so irrefutable. And whether it be a large number of people, um, you know, everything is coordinated, corroborated. There is some form of evidence one way or another, some physical evidence to go along with these. And, you know, you you take the classic, what do they say, 5%, you know, of reports. Well, even if it's 0.5%, you know, that's still not nothing. So I'm I'm just wondering, 
I agree with you. There has to be something going on. The logic in my mind says it's so unlikely just because of the distances of space, the vastness of space, that that they would find that that an advanced civilization would would find their way to us. You know, are we that interesting? Are we that exceptional? That for all the places they could go in the universe, you know, why would they necessarily pick here? So, I mean, that's my thinking uh, in general uh, about UFOs. But again, you take a certain hard set, irreducible number of these stories, and they just don't seem to go away. So, you know, okay, I accept that some of these uh, do not have a normal rational, or, or I should say not rational isn't what I'm looking for, but a natural explanation. So what could they be? What do you think? What could they be? Oh, that's that's a big question. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's an area that we haven't really gone much into in, in this series, you know, in terms of haunted and, and, and ghosts. Um, I think, you know, you know, when you when you look at sort of energy and and you look at again I think the the ability for your mind and your eye and 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 ways to interpret light and and sound um, I think I think you're absolutely right I think even if 99% can be discounted that one percent is still pretty compelling um, and I think you know for us to be able to include some of those kinds of stories in this series. Um, you know, we'd have to figure out, you know, as you mentioned, multiple witnesses, um, some sort of other physical anomalies that happened, um, you know, in order to sort of have some sort of a scientific investigation on it. Um, but, but I think they're fascinating. I think they're fascinating. Teresa? Well, I think that there's a lot of fascinating topics out there that are yet to have been tackled, and I hope you get a chance to to tackle some more. Um, being a skeptic and then changing, I, I mean, what have you experienced personally? Besides your work on the show, have you experienced anything that has been unexplained or that you would call paranormal? Besides what you've seen while working, has Josh Berkeley, just just as a person, not as a producer or as a TV guy, have you experienced everything, anything in the paranormal that made you scratch your head or made you lean towards the subject that maybe there is something, and it could be UFOs, ghosts, uh, unexplained phenomenon, whatever. Is there been anything in your life that has made you think, hmm, maybe there's something to this? <laughs> you know, you know. Unfortunately, I haven't, and I think that's probably why I came to this pretty skeptical. Um, you know, I, I certainly like everybody else. You know, I, I, whenever I fly, you know, I look at the number of the airline you know, the, the gate numbers, and I, you know, I always play, you know, games in my mind about, you know, you know, should I have been on that flight or, you know, when a flight is, is delayed, should I get off that flight? And, you know, you always wonder about, you know, sort of is there, is there something, some other sort of larger force at work here? Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I, I've never encountered any sort of a, a UFO. I've never had a sighting, never had a ghost experience. Um, but I think deep in, in my subconscious, I'm aware that there are things totally out of my control that um, that I can't answer. 
um, and that and that um, even though I think you know we don't like to admit that to ourselves, even as a skeptic or a rational person, um, you, that you do have those thoughts. Um, and I think you know being exposed to this kind of material, you know, every day for ten months, um, kind of tapped into that that sort of inner part of of my own psyche. And I and and um, and I found you know most of the people we worked with very credible um, and very passionate. Um, and you know when you have you know, science that can look into what they're talking about. Or when you have, you know, radar, um, you know, someone says that, that they had a, a UFO encounter and then somebody monitoring the radar said, you know, we found a small blip on the screen that moved in a way we have never seen capable of an aircraft moving. Um, then you begin to think, you know, that, that this person, you know, maybe just, you know, was being truthful and accurate in, in what they saw. And so, I, I think it's it's a journey, and I think the more you're exposed to, um, the more you have to, as a critical thinker, the more you have to accept that there are realities outside of what, what you can understand. Um, and, and, again, that's why I'm so passionate about the series, and that's why I'm so thankful that, that our audience is, is warming up to it. And, you know, as you pointed out, Teresa, it's, it's not the typical genre that we would do on the Science Channel, but... Um, I think what it shows is if you do it credibly and you do it intelligently and you respect your audience and you tell really great stories, um, you know, that, that people will come to them and they'll stay with them and uh, hopefully it will stir debate and, and, and have them asking questions of their own. I noticed a fair amount of commonality with uh, Morgan Freeman show. You know, he, he, he has touched upon through the wormhole. Um, you know, it's strictly quote-unquote, scientific investigations, but um, I, I found, uh, just off the top of my head, the, the episode where they were looking into uh, consciousness and the existence of consciousness. What is consciousness? Does consciousness <clears throat> exist outside the body? Does it exist apart from the body, etc.? And some of the studying, uh, some of the, the findings that have been going on there, um, you know, certainly things that territory that would have been called um you know paranormal uh, a, a while back uh is uh, is gradually coming under the rubric of science and and ultimately all of this stuff becomes science as it's discovered in a scientific manner you know magic is just science we don't understand yet but, you know, Eric, you make a great point. And, and, you know, if you look oftentimes in Hollywood, you know, they, they dream it up for entertainment value, um, and then science proves it out 10 or 15 or 20 years later. Um, so, you know, there, there is a real symbiotic relationship. And, and in terms of, of wormhole, and, and, and you're absolutely right, you know, the, our filter is about questioning everything. Um, and that's why this material fits so perfectly. Um, you know, I, I, I also oversee the oddities franchise, New York and, and San Francisco, and, and so, you know, I'm very thankful you had Audra on recently. Um, but if, and if Wednesday. You look at like, yes, yes, and, and coming up, exactly. Um, you know, if you look at, at those series, you know, that's using in, in a twisted way, but using the same filter where what you see on the surface might, to the average viewer or the average person, look macabre or dark or twisted. Uh, but when you spend time with people and you and you get to know their passion and, and you get to know, um, you know, sort of 
why they're motivated for, for the, the, the you know, I would call them fetishes, but why they're motivated in the subculture and, and they have these passions, um, you start to question, well, what is normal? I mean, what's normal for these folks and, and the kinds of items that are brought into the store? And so, you know, again, I think it's, you know, Wormhole does that, Oddities does that, this series does that. Um, and, and, you know, just being able to question, question everything. And I think that's, that's really what, what makes this series hold together. I think so. Uh, you know, extreme science is still science. And uh, that was one of the things we had a lot of fun talking to Audra and, and Wednesday about was the fact that there is always time dedicated to the science of this. To You know, often mm-hmm. it's a, a natural, uh, it's from the from the natural world, you know, talking about the various aspects of anatomy or whatever, that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, so so there's plenty uh, to be learned through these processes and, and, uh, and, and what people bring in and what they come up with and, and the things that they're interested in. You know, just, just because something is uh, anomalous, you know, doesn't mean it's necessarily, quote, unquote, weird. And if you're someone who is interested in in the natural world and in anatomy, then to find anomalies, I mean, why wouldn't that be interesting? Obviously. That's right. That's right. Wow. Well, Josh, well, I, well, I, I got to tell you one thing real quick before before we wrap up the show. Oh, While yeah, well, we were doing the show, I'm running the chat room and I'm on Facebook and I'm, I'm t- talking to people and hearing their stories. And somebody that I know... Uh, that I consider a friend and a colleague, um, has told me, she said, oh, w- when you get some time, I'll have to tell you about my UFO experience and about the strange metal-like threads I've been pulling from my foot ever since. So oh, no. <laughs> talk to her about this because, uh, again, that, that, whole, that whole concept, that the, the, whole, the whole idea of that is so foreign to me, and now to think that I possibly know somebody who this has happened to, it, it makes it that much more fascinating. So maybe we'll have to have her give you a call and follow up on this when you when you solve the mystery and season three of The Unexplained Files. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you need a longer than a six episode season. That that is my first suggestion. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I agree. You know, we tested the water, and, and thank goodness we're doing quite well. So, yeah, I, I think um, it's looking bright. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, again, uh, we both, uh, ho- hopefully it's obvious by now, uh, really enjoy the show. It's thought-provoking. It's interesting. It's very well done. Um, even even the recreations, uh, you know, that's always kind of a – a bone of contention, and it's hard. It's hard to do that well. I mean, it's almost impossible. And so it's very encouraging when um, some shows that have been coming along, such as yours, and um, and, and, and we think, uh, both Teresa and I really think it's, it's quite well done on uh, Paranormal Witness, which is on sci-fi, um, you know, where, where they do care about detail and mm-hmm. really trying to you know to to um not view it as kind of the least important part of the show but but something that needs to be done with care and with 
talented people and with uh, and with high production values. So um, the way yours is put together, I think, is is uh, excellent, and it's it's a credit to the channel and the fact that you do take on these, you know, potentially um, watery <laughs> topics, but do it with a from a rigorous. Uh, scientific standpoint without being lame and boring about it uh, is great. I mean, that's a tightrope. That's not easy to do, to to bring rigor and uh, the scientific method uh, in the broadest sense to stories that are inherently unexplained. That's why they're on the show. They're, it's the unexplained files. A- in order to walk that tightrope, uh, is not easy, and I think you've been very, very successful. Well, thank you, thank you. I, I really appreciate that uh, your kind words, and and clearly you you both know the genre and uh, and know the challenges. So uh, again, thank you for that uh, that ringing endorsement. It's it's um, it's been a long time, like I said, ten months in the works, but we're very proud of it. How soon do you think you'll hear about whether it's renewed? Um, I would think within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we should we should know where we stand in the next few weeks. Great. Well, uh, we certainly hope it is renewed. There are many, many, many stories that I very much want to see your approach taken to. You know, uh, down the middle. You know, you're you're open minded but rigorous, and others who take on these stories kind of lean either one way or the other. Either it's you know, kind of all about the story and the ooh and the paranormal aspect, or it's you know really quote unquote rigorous, but to the point of being kind of kind of boring um, and and not necessarily as watchable as as you would like it to be. So the fact that you're able to to pull both of those and to to walk down that middle is 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 fascinating, really. And and the other thing is is I admire the fact that you don't feel compelled to tell everyone what the answer is. You know, if you don't know, you don't know. And that's not really your job. Your job is to do the best you can and to dig up as much evidence as you can and to present it in as, uh, you know, reasonable and level, um, uh, yeah, level-handed manner and then uh, to let people make up their own minds. Uh, and or to admit that hey, there's probably a piece of this puzzle that you know we still don't have. Yeah, you know, and, and that's really it's a challenge because you know each each area is its separate own wormhole, and and as I said, you know, you go down that wormhole and and you do answer a fair number of questions, but but they can't answer all of the questions, um, and I think that that that's really you know respectful of the audience and respectful of the material. Um, and at, at the end of the day, you know, we, we want to tell a great story, and, and, and as you've pointed out, we want you to be entertained, and, and we want you to ride the roller coaster with us. Um, but we also know that we don't have the answer, and, and we're not, start, you know, starting out with an agenda. Uh, we're really letting the story take the viewer through the twists and turns, and, and hopefully at the end, you know, there's a piece of that evidence that, that you as a viewer find the most compelling. Um, and maybe that's where you land. Um, but I think it, it gives everybody the opportunity 
to to sort of you know play along at home, so to speak, and and bring their own um, sense of of intelligence and 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 right and wrong. Um, and I think at the end of the day, that's that's just respecting your audience. Absolutely, Teresa. Final thoughts. I just want to say that I hope that you get another season out of this. I've enjoyed it immensely. I hope everybody watches the, the marathon and the season finale this week. Uh, good luck to you. Um, I, I commend you on everything you've done. I think it's great, and I hope to see more of it. Teresa and Eric, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. I've had a great time with you guys. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, we'd love to have you back on, and uh Sounds like you're very involved with a lot of shows there, and uh, you know they're they're all good. We're we're real big Science Channel fans, and the fact that the channel itself is is able to kind of in general walk that line between entertainment and education, uh, you know that is that is very difficult and and yours is is certainly one of my personal you know favorite channels especially in terms of combining entertainment with education there's only so many hours in the day i i can only watch so much tv you know i i i'm i'm busy i'm i got a family i got kids spread over 20 years uh, you know i'm trying to make a living we got all these things going on i'm in a freaking band you know, on top of everything else. And, and you know, so there's just only so many hours. And I find that uh, I am generally most drawn to those shows and certainly a, a channel if, if, um, if a number of those shows appear on that channel where I do get a nice combination of entertainment. Everyone likes to escape. Everyone likes a break. Um, everyone likes compelling characters and stories, but combining that with something educational. I always want to learn more about the world, and, you know, there's there's probably no framework out there where you can't learn things. You know, many of our top novelists are, are, are as big a sellers as they are because they do bring in a lot of factual elements to it and and people don't feel guilty about you know reading their stories because they're learning. So I I think the fact that you guys uh, both this show specifically as we said but but more broadly science channel in general I I think uh, you know you've really kind of found a uh, a sweet spot and uh you know, we we personally, um, Teresa and I would love to see that mentality, you know, take on more and broader aspects of the extreme science slash paranormal side of things. Simply because you know that those are things we're really interested in. But um, you know, even just where you are right now, I think is a really really uh, edifying combination of those factors and I, and I think uh I think that's why we've seen a lot of growth uh, with the science channel and just kind of a, a raising of the general awareness and and just simply a higher profile. So, you know, congratulations on that part of it too. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Well, one more time, we want to make sure everyone knows the unexplained files season 1 and there'll be many more. Finale is tomorrow, and that's Wednesday at 9 o'clock 
Eastern and Pacific. Then, uh, if you have missed any of the episodes or just want to relive them, uh, or especially if you haven't seen any of them yet, you got to check out the marathon. All six episodes, Sunday, October 6th, beginning at 5 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. And our guest has been Josh Berkeley, executive producer for Discovery Communications, Science Channel, and specifically the Unexplained Files. Thanks again, Josh. Have a great evening and nothing but the best with the show. We look forward to hearing that it has been renewed and it'll be 12 episodes or 20 episodes <laughs> next time around because the way you handle it, uh, you know, we, we know it'll be great. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Teresa. I appreciate the time very much. All right. Good night. Uh, Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, everyone. Uh, Great show. Great talking to Josh. Really interesting. We're able to blend factual world, the scientific world, with the paranormal or or the extreme science side of things. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, our calendar is really starting to fill in. I'm actually going to read it off here because um, I want Teresa to hear it, too. Um, Next week, we are talking to cast and creative for the horror movie, zombie movie, Dead Before Dawn. I think there's a humor element to it as well. We will, of course, watch the movie before we talk to people next week. The following week, which is all the way up till the 15th, we have Ed and Marsha from Making Monsters. That show will be back on in October. Of course, we're we're now in October, the the haunted month. And very interestingly, on the 22nd, there's a whole new network out there. It's online. Uh, but what they do is talk about TV, and it's called TV Talk. And they're having particularly great luck with their hosts who talk about the paranormal-related shows. They're still mostly doing scripted shows, and they're mostly doing network shows. But they're having really great luck with the paranormal-slash-horror-related shows uh, on uh, on TV Talk. So that will be fun and interesting, and I suppose we might as well round up the month. Uh, we're going to go back for the first time in quite a while to an author... Just got in a great book. Got to get a copy over to Teresa called Six Please. Women of Salem. And it is the untold story of the accused and their accusers in the Salem witch trials. What could be more Halloween y than that? And the author's name is Marilyn K. Roach. And I've already heard quite a bit about the book, which is just uh, recently been published. It's um, considered a fresh take, so I look forward to reading that and speaking with Marilyn. So uh, I, it appears we're covered for October, but I know we're all open after that. So, Teresa, I know you're working on a number of people, so anything from November uh, 5th on is is open. So, anyway, always welcome uh, always appreciate you guys checking in and listening to the show, and uh hope everyone has a great week. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at AM Haunted and Facebook at AM Haunted. Anything coming up in the just this coming week you want to toss out there real quick for our 
Northeast Ohio, or at least Ohio um, area people, in case they can attend anything you're involved with in the coming week. Well, absolutely. We got the Ghost Walk. Of course, uh, the Ghost Walks are selling out left and right. So if you want to go on the Willoughby Ghost Walk, you're looking, you're looking a few weeks in, um, and maybe we'll add some dates. But I am doing my um, Ghosts, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know But Were Afraid to Ask seminar coming up on the 9th at Polaris. You can contact me for more information. And then part two comes up on the 16th for that. And then the Children's Ghost Walk in Willoughby, my daughter will be leading that. That's coming up on the 19th as well. And then our our fundraisers are almost sold out. So if you're interested in going to the Lake County History Center or Greenwood Farms fundraiser, uh, please get on that right away because they are selling out fast. And that's about it. And I'm going to try to sleep sometime in October, but I don't know when. Wow. Well, that is a mouthful. That is a lot going on. I'm going to try to catch as many of those activities as I can as well. I'm certainly going to – we're going to get in. We'll we'll make a family outing out of a a ghost walk. We we did that. I guess it's already – God, two years ago, I think, we all went. And it was really fun and interesting and – Fun to see Teresa all dressed up in her Victorian garb, telling her tales of sorrow, woe, and haunting. Mm-hmm. So there. All right, go tribe. Got to add that. Uh, we'll get the Indians going tomorrow night. I'm very excited. I did not trust this team till the last day of the season. Now I trust them retroactively. All right. Have a great week, everybody, and we will talk to you very soon. Bye-bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.